As we go to air this morning in Australia, it's just after 10pm in London. So the United Kingdom is coming to the end of what's known as D plus two in Operation London Bridge, the codename for the official funeral plans in place for the death of Queen Elizabeth II. D plus two is perhaps the day with the biggest tone change in the official mourning period. It began with the proclamation of the new monarch, King Charles III, with pageantry and a fair amount of literal fanfare across London. But then in the second half of the British day, attention turned back to mourning with official confirmation of the details for the Queen's funeral. The UK proclamation of the new king, an unfamiliar proceeding, occurred before the Accession Council, itself an unfamiliar institution, in St James Palace, and it was televised for the first time ever. To discuss the latest developments in these truly historic events, I spoke a short time ago with the chief political commentator at the independent newspaper, John Rentoul, and I started by thanking him for speaking with us late in the UK evening. That's my pleasure. The two big developments overnight from an Australian perspective are the announcement of the details and the schedule for the Queen's funeral and then the appearances of various princes. Let's deal with the the funeral details first. What are your thoughts on what's been revealed? It was expected to be uh, Monday week for some time. Uh, I don't know what the hold-up was. Uh, We haven't been told that. I Mm. I assume there were some complicated negotiations with uh, other uh, other national leaders um, and possibly the UN because there's a UN General Assembly uh, around the same time. Uh, but that all seems to be resolved, so uh, it's it's all settled for Monday week. And a huge talking point overnight, obviously, was the appearance of the two young princes uh, next to each other with their families and meeting uh, mourners, uh, there must be a, 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 a real uh, sense of sensation about that in the nation. <laughs> well, there was, um, because we weren't warned in advance. So the cameras, the live cameras were watching uh, the car uh, as it stopped and uh, the princes got out. And uh, I, I heard one of the commentators say, is that Megan? <laughs> as, if, as if they really couldn't be sure and they yeah. couldn't believe it uh, because, uh, yes, I mean, I'm afraid our, uh, our tabloid paper has been full of the rift between the uh, uh, between uh, Meghan and Harry and the, and the rest of the royal family. It seems as if they have been brought together by, uh, uh, by the Queen's death and uh, so something, something good has, has, has come of it. Yes, I mean, I've already heard some sort of uh, remote body language reading trying to be happening and those sorts of things. But I suppose so far you'd have to say that the way the, the royal family has dealt with what's obviously just personally a very traumatic and challenging time, it does seem to have been flawless so far. Uh, yes, uh, I'd say. Uh, I mean, obviously, this was uh, this was an event which you know is very sad, and obviously, you didn't want it to happen. But it has been prepared for uh, for a very long time, and you could tell that with uh, uh, with King Charles, as we must now learn to call him, um, addressing the nation. Uh, he did that extremely well, um, and the. Uh, accession council being televised live yes. for the first time um, that all seemed to go smoothly that was obviously something that uh, king charles had decided uh, in advance um, and was that known and in advance as well, as well? 
No, I mean, I'd never even heard of an accession <laughs> council, to be honest. <laughs> um, but, uh, I mean, because, you know, it's 70 years since we've had a change of, uh, a change of monarchs and nobody, nobody really remembers what the procedure, the procedure is. And the idea that the coronation takes place sort of months afterwards uh, has come as a surprise to, to, to quite a lot of people, although uh, we do remember that the Queen's coronation was in 1953 uh, when she came to the throne in, in 52. On Sunday Extra, we're speaking uh, with John Rentoul, Chief Political Commentator at The Independent. And John, I did want to ask you a little bit more about the uh, Accession Council because, yes, I was sort of Googling the details yesterday as well, but there were extraordinary scenes. All six living former Prime Ministers together, uh, four, uh, well, the leader and three former leaders of the Labor Party. What did you make of the event as it rolled out live? Well, I'm afraid, I'm, yes, I was uh, celebrity spotting, uh, just watching <laughs> There was a bit the of that, audience. wasn't there? Well, I mean, it wasn't, they weren't the audience, they were the actual, uh, they were the actual accession council. But, I well, mean, a quarter only, of them, by, by, by all reports. <laughs> Yes, I mean their only role was to was to was to be the audience for uh, uh, for the new king and um, you know the, the the top dignitaries, the prime minister and uh, and the leader of the, the, what's Penny Morden's title? She's uh, president of the council, yes, uh, Lord President of the council. So their only role was to watch them and be in the room as these sort of solemn things were read out it was all it was all i mean the procedure was was rather dull as you <laughs> yes, said all yes. the stuff about seals and goodness knows what else uh, but it was fascinating to watch uh, such a group of, uh, of of dignitaries in one room it, it did make me wonder a little whether the the whole uh, process even of bringing together the accession council adds to the somewhat overshadowing of the new prime minister in the uk well, yes. I mean, it is extraordinary to think that we you know we've got a new prime minister, and and a new monarch uh, within two days of each other. I mean, that really has uh, it, it's 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 made the country just sort of feel different. I mean, the fact that uh, you know we've got to refer to a king instead of a queen, and whenever we refer to the prime minister, we're talking about a she, not a he. It's taking some getting used to. Absolutely. Uh, the speeches so far across the board, I think, have been have been excellent, uh, particularly impressive that session in Parliament. Uh, as a political commentator, what were your thoughts on the, the, the session of Parliament uh, for remembrances of the Queen? Well, to be absolutely honest, my thoughts were, do I really have to sit through this dreary rubbish? <laughs> right. um, and uh, But I did have to sit through it, obviously, because it's my job. And I was really quite taken aback by mm. the quality of the speeches. I thought they were, uh, you know, I was expecting it to be rather dutiful and uh, sombre uh, and not very interesting. But actually, uh, there, there, was some, there were some really remarkable speeches. And, you know, hated as he is, Boris Johnson delivered an absolute uh, stormer of a speech. Uh, he's not a good parliamentary speaker normally, um, although he's quite good at the knockabout. But uh, to give a serious speech, uh, he did a remarkable job and uh, every, everyone was praising him afterwards. Uh, John, and who else were the, were the standouts for you in terms of the speeches? Well, I mean, obviously Liz, Liz Truss, um, I mean, she's had a baptism of fire as, as, as Prime Minister and so all eyes were on her. Uh, she was completely rock steady. Um, you know, she, she, I mean, there were no sort of theatrical touches. There was mm. no sort of uh, overdone rhetoric, but she, she she spoke extremely clearly and plainly and well and 
very sincere tribute to to the Queen and Keir Starmer likewise. Um, not a great speaker normally. Um, he seems to have uh, relaxed slightly. I mean, he is quite an earnest figure, uh, but this is a time for earnestness, and he came across extremely well. So it, generally, all the all the main political leaders gave gave good speeches. Even Ian Blackford, uh, the Scottish National Party leader. Um, who is known for, for sometimes going on rather longer than uh, is strictly necessary, uh, did a very generous, uh, generous speech. And I think, uh, I think the MPs really spoke for the nation and uh, we, we ought to be grateful to them for that. Yes, and I thought the contributions from Theresa May and Harriet Harman were also uh, very graceful and engaging. They were. Yes, absolutely. I mean, uh, <laughs> Harriet Harman, who, I mean, like Keir Starmer and Liz Truss, was a, was a Republican in, in her younger days. Um, I mean, I remember she actually went on, a, on an anti-monarchist away day to France to get away from the royal wedding in 1981, uh, when Prince Charles uh, married Diana. Uh, but all these politicians have mellowed uh, in, uh, over the years and uh, become... Uh, supporters of the of, of a constitutional monarchy, and and because I su- I suspect because they've opposed it in the past, they're much more eloquent in explaining why it's uh, why it's uh, better than other arrangements. Mm. John Runtill, certainly from a distance, it, it appears that the engagement of the British public with the new king has been genuinely warm and enthusiastic and that King Charles III himself has done a very good job in the public appearances that he's had so far. Do you have a sense of how sort of deep and abiding that initial enthusiasm uh, really is? Well, I think there is huge support for the institution of the monarchy mm. uh, in this country, which is a real tribute to the Queen because, yes. uh, you know, I mean, over, over her seven decades, she really, uh, she, she really uh, built that, uh, that reputation and that popularity. Um, and I think King Charles knows that he's, he's got to build on that and not... Uh, uh, and, and not take any risks with it. And he's made some very good decisions. I mean, he went out uh, outside Buckingham Palace uh, to to greet the crowds when he arrived from Scotland uh, and actually spent quite a lot of time shaking hands and talking to people. Uh, and I think that was that was really important to engage with uh, with the public because the one thing that would be dangerous for the monarchy would be any sense that they were sort of shutting themselves away or distant from the people, which is what uh, which was, was their sort of dangerous moment after uh, after the death of Diana. And just finally, John. Obviously, the the death of the Queen and the accession of the new King has uh, thoroughly overtaken ordinary politics, but. The UK does face enormous political and economic challenges. Is there a sense of when the government will actually re-engage with things like the energy crisis, which the UK is facing coming into winter? Yeah, no, I mean, that was the extraordinary thing about uh, uh, about the Queen's death, was it, it 
happened while I mean the news of it started to spread or the news that she was she's gravely ill started to spread while the Prime Minister was was addressing the House of Commons about the energy crisis and uh, looking back what was remarkable because the Prime Minister had already been told uh, beforehand that the, that the Queen was unlikely to survive the day I mean looking back uh, I think Liz Truss's composure was uh, was was truly impressive but it sort of explains why she might not have been totally focused uh, on, yes. on the uh, on, on the government's plan to deal with the the energy crisis and it seemed it seemed rather flat and and unconvincing and seemed to be missing quite a lot of key details uh, but I think the important point that I mean, was got across that the government is going to go for the big plan, which is which is to fix prices at current levels, uh, and I think that that I mean, just knowing that has reassured uh, people, and and we can worry about the details later. John Rentoul, thank you so much for speaking with us on Sunday Extra. That's my pleasure. And John is the chief political commentator at the Independent newspaper. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.